Welcome to Leveling the Playing Field, a podcast featuring women who work in sport. My name is Bobby Sue Doyle Hazard. I am your host, and this week we're doing something a little bit different. Um, in honor of a new advertiser, Audible, um, I have my friend Lauren Stahl as the guest. Lauren is a novelist and a lawyer. Uh, her writing career is her side hustle, and she recently released a book um, called The Devil's Song. You guys have heard me talk about it before. Um, I had to use this as an opportunity to um, lift up one of my friends and uh, and to learn more about her. So while this doesn't have anything to do with sports, it does have a little something to do with, um, you know, figuring out where you want to be in life, um, maybe having a side hustle um, and ending up somewhere different than where you originally thought. One of the other things about Lauren's story that I want to address right now, and we talk a very little bit about it. Um, if you Google her name, uh, you will find more information on this. Um, but uh, 2009-ish, um, her father uh, was indicted for uh, numerous accounts of corruption, basically. Her father was a, a judge, um, the president judge of their county, and it was a really big deal. It got a lot of national media. Um, and that um, happening had a huge impact on her then current job, her then job, which was something she loved doing, um, and her eventually turning into an author. So um, going through that really difficult period, and she's one of the strongest people I know, having been able to get through that uh, in the graceful manner in which she did. So um, we talked just a little bit about that, um, but more, you know, about her and and how it may have impacted her writing. Um, another reason I have her on is that uh, so often there's something that we you know, have in the back of our minds that we want to do something that we're really passionate about that we don't go after. Um, I very easily could have done that with this podcast, right? I, I could have thought about it and thought about it, thought about it and not done it. Some of us uh, have been writing since we were kids. She was one of those people, um, always had a journal and she was, uh, I guess, given an opportunity um, because of the circumstances surrounding her father to take some time to write her first novel. And um, it, like I said, it's a great book, but it also, you know, it maybe take whatever that thing is off the back burner. And, and so that's why, uh, you know, those are all the reasons why I have her on. She's um, a really great guest to have on. She has a, a lot of interesting insight into her career. If you're interested in becoming a lawyer or prosecutor, um, definitely listen. Um, and then, you know, check out her book. It's called The Devil's Song. Uh, it, it's so good. I I don't know. I'm just so proud of her. So thank you all for indulging me this week on this. And um, I hope you enjoy. And now to the interview. Hi, Lauren. Hi, how are you? I am great, my friend. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for coming on. It's uh, going to be a bit of a different episode for all of my <laughs> listeners, but I kind of warned them that I would do this from time to time. 
uh, with having somebody not sports connected. And uh, also, I gushed over your book to them already. So um, they should have been expecting this. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, uh, you know, we have known each other now. Oh, God. Since, well, now, oh, my gosh. It's like 14 years, Lauren. Over a decade. Yep. That's craziness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we went to law school together. Uh, and I, my first memory of you is after we did, uh, our law school used to do this, like, I don't know, land grab, basically, for these corrals or carols. What did we call them? These little study nook things. Yes. And yes. you could like claim one as your own for the semester. And I, I was very fortunate that I managed to get one near you and a bunch of your classmates. Um, and, and those are my first memories of you are in that area with like everybody. Same. <laughs> your, Same. your whole like friend group that became my friend group too. <laughs> it was a great Carol area. Yeah, for sure. I was never there. Uh, <laughs> after like three weeks in the semester because it would have required me to actually go to class. <laughs> but yeah, um, y- you have a really interesting background. Um, y- you come from a family where um, your father was a judge. And so I'm wondering if you knew from like really early on that you wanted to be a lawyer. I did. I really emulated my dad. And uh, so he practiced law before uh, he went on to, you know, uh, sit on the bench in the court of common pleas. And so I always was just super intrigued and uh, really interested in what he did. And I just thought he was this really cool guy. And so why wouldn't you, you know, want to uh, take that on and and kind of do what, what he was doing. And so, yes, I always kind of had that feeling that I would go to law school and and become a lawyer, but I think, um, hearing his stories about being in trial, that was what was really sexy to me. And that's when I kind of felt that vibe of, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to be in front of a jury and, uh, you know, try cases. You, um, you're, you're from Pennsylvania and an area called Mountaintop, apparently, which yes. is so cute to me. Because it's like a hill and not a mountain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and um, you stayed in Pennsylvania for your education. How did you decide on University of Pittsburgh for college? Uh, you know, that is such a great question. I had seen... Um, a bunch of schools everywhere from, you know, South Carolina to a few other schools in Pennsylvania. And I went to Pitt and did not do a tour. We kind of just walked around the campus. My family went with me. We walked around the campus and there was just something about it. It had this vibe and it felt like I was in a city, but it wasn't um, such a huge city where I felt lost and uh, I just, I don't know. There was just something about it that I really liked. And so I broke my family's heart and instead of going to Penn state, I went to Pitt and 
<laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, that was kind of, that was it. That's really funny. I don't think I knew that your family was a Penn State family. Uh, oh my gosh. They, they had, they didn't even go to school there. Well, my brother ended up going, but my mom and dad did not. But I mean, we were at every home game tailgating. <laughs> I mean, I had the cheerleading uniform from the time I was, you know, able to walk. So yes, when I chose Pitt over Penn state, it was devastating. To oh the my gosh. That's really cute. And I can, a part of me can see you as a little girl. And then part of me <laughs> knows you as an adult and is like, no, uh um uh you uh you didn't study anything um related to law or to writing you actually went and you have an economics degree is that correct or i uh finance finance yep bsba in finance yep what were you thinking of doing with that okay so my thought process at the time, remember this was like 99, 2000. Right. I, okay. So my thought process was at the time, the FBI was really interested in accounting majors. Uh, I think if you were, if you were bilingual um, and then law degrees. And so I was like, well, I'm going to, you know, do something with accounting and then go to law school and have this like double, you know, yeah, <laughs> just be super sexy for these people. And then I got to my junior year as an accounting major and was like, Oh, I can't do this. This is horrible. And so I knew I still wanted to graduate on time. And so the solution was switch to be a finance major, uh, with the thought process of always going to law school. So when you were going, like when you started college, you wanted to be the FBI? I just wanted to do something. So I knew I wanted to go to law school. I knew I wanted to try cases. I just wanted to do something in that arena. Yeah. Like whether, you know what I mean? Working for them, consult, doing something. Knowing, knowing more to your story that I find that really interesting. Um, (laughs) I had an, uh, an ex who applied to the FBI. Um, at one point, and I just remember him going through the whole process and like how insane it was. Um, yes. Which I'm like, I, I don't know, you're dating me. I'm not sure how you're getting into the FBI. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, how did you decide to go to Penn State Dickinson School of Law? I, I was accepted, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, my boyfriend, now husband, uh, had received a full ride. And so it was kind of just like one of those no brainers. Wait, you guys met in college? Yeah. Oh, I thought you met at Dickinson. Oh, that's even no. better. I, I mean, the entire time I've known you, you guys have been together. So, uh, yeah, he, um, we met freshman year at Pitt. Well, that is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I, so I really wanted to go to law school. Yeah. And he really didn't. And he was like, <laughs> well, you know, it'll be three more spring breaks. So I guess that could be cool. I'm going to apply. And so he applied to all these schools and crushed it and got in everywhere and got full rides everywhere. And I like barely <laughs> am getting into these <laughs> schools. So uh, <laughs> it ended up working out, but it was a little tense there <laughs> for a moment. Brian is uh, sneaky smart. Like you, yes. when you meet him and hang out with him, not that he seems dumb, <laughs> he just doesn't 
come across as the ultimate dork who's going to get all like a free ride. Right. Yeah. Like totally is. He's sneaky. You're right. He's sneaky. He's like quiet about it. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. I mean, he can, he could party like the rest of them, which probably, you know, went (laughs) part of that vision, but, um, (laughs) like of the two of you, I would have always thought that you were the smarter one. Maybe it's the glasses. Yeah, no, I feel like it was more like, you know, I was the studious one where I would go to class, you know, have the great outlines. And then Brian would take my outline and crush the class and end up, you know, with an A and I'd be like, hey, you You know, um, our some of our mutual friends from school, I remember saying to me, because I just am notorious for not being an in class person. I do not learn that way. Uh, and I, you know, I can basically get by, I guess, or could get by. And I remember one of um, our mutual friends looking at me and be like, God, if you ever put any effort into this, like, it would be scary how well you would do. As it was, yeah. like, I was doing good enough, right? I can totally see why you and Brian got along so well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, eh, I'm just going to go home and sleep. Um, <laughs> Uh, your first job out of school uh, was pretty amazing. And, um, you know, one of those positions that I always, I look at when people get, I'm like, man, that looks so cool. And then I realized like, oh God, I would be so bad at that. (laughs) Uh, You were an assistant district attorney and you, um, did you focus on um, sexual violence or did that just, happened to come your way off yeah b it just kind of happened to come um my way we didn't have at the time i think it's changed now but at the time you kind of just got what was given to you and it could be anything you know drug cases it didn't matter um but we had a lot of sexual crime you know cases and so there wasn't an actual unit but that's essentially what what was happening and now I think there is a unit but um yeah it just so happened that that was the majority of what I had what was it like uh prosecuting those types of cases for the most part I was able to treat it as a job like it needed to be I think in the short time I was there I was only there I was they're just shy of two years. Um, there was only one case that completely rocked my world. I mean, I couldn't sleep at night. I, it was all I thought about. And it was the first time that I can remember going into court thinking, Oh my God, what if we don't convict him? Like what is going to happen where, you know, prior to that, it was, I'm going to do the best job I can. And I'm going to represent the Commonwealth because that is who I represent. And, you know, get in, get out, and hopefully I'm successful. This case was different. And that is actually what sparked the book. Parts of it. That particular case? Yes. I mean, the book is completely, you know, a work of fiction, but that case um, definitely stayed with me. And we ended up getting the conviction. um, But that was a fascinating case and just 
nightmarish. Um, the case involved two children, correct? Yes. Uh, yeah, I can. Uh, yeah. When when you were at the ADA's, uh, when you were at the DA's office, uh, you your family went through a really difficult period of time. Um, your father, who was a, a judge at that point, uh, was indicted on, on many counts uh, related to corruption, and uh, your work life became a little untenable. Do you mind talking about that a little bit? Yeah, so I typically don't get into too many details um, because sometimes I think the past is better left in the past. But basically, yes, exactly what you're stating is is what happened. Um, I was in the DA's office working cases, trying to, you know, build a name for myself and move up the, the ranks. And my dad was sitting as the president judge of Luzerne County and uh, he was indicted. and all of the people that were kind of involved. I mean, it was obviously he was indicted um, federally. And so the U S attorney's office was involved, but it all trickles down. I mean, it, you know, it's happening in Luzerne County. And so you had the district attorney at the time weighing in and all, you know, the people that I'm working with and working for. And so I often say I loved my job at the time, but I hated going to work. And I think that sums it up in the most honest and best way possible. Sure. Uh, you ended up uh, leaving that position um, and, and found yourself in an interesting spot because um, while you had gained employment after law school, you found yourself kind of in the midst of everyone else trying to find a job afterwards. Uh, I, you know, I've talked about how it, me a while to find a job um was that when you really started digging into your writing yes it was the first time that I allowed myself the thought of what if so I've always I would say I've always been a writer meaning I've always had a notebook next to my bed I've always, or, you know, later on a computer or whatever it was, I was always writing, um, really bad poetry, which thankfully <laughs> I don't do anymore, but you know, um, I'd wake, I'd wake up in the middle of the night with, um, you know, a stream of thoughts and just put it down on a page and then go back to bed. And in the morning I wake up and go, wow, did I write that? And so that kind of was always my, my whole life. But when I left the DA's office and couldn't find a job, um, in, in the legal profession, I thought, you know, this is something I've always been really interested in. I've been really passionate about. And so what if I went back to school and, uh, I applied to a local MFA low residency program at Wilkes university, which is literally like in my backyard, not literally, <laughs> but you get what I mean. Yeah. And so, um, I applied, I was accepted and, I said to Brian, Hey, so I was accepted. I think I'm going to do this. <laughs> and he was like, really? So you're going to go for two more degrees. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, I, I, didn't, I don't know if I signed up for this, but no, he was super supportive. And um, I think he just got that it was something I needed to do. And so I went and I got my uh, master's first and then my MFA uh, the following year in creative writing. And 
at the time, it was really therapeutic for me. And, you know, I thought, well, if this is all that happens, if this is all that comes out of it, this is good because this, this saved me, you know, this, this got me through a really difficult time in my life and, you know, I'll be forever grateful and, and this is great. And then I was just lucky enough to kind of have everything spiral into a book being published. It really is no coincidence that I had Lauren on for today's episode while Audible is one of our sponsors. Now, Lauren's book isn't on Audible yet. We're hoping for that soon. But some amazing books are on there. And I have to tell you about a couple I've been listening to. So when I was fleeing from Hurricane Irma and coming back, I listened to Hillary Clinton's book, What Happened? And that was pretty phenomenal. I just finally finished The Handmaid's Tale, um, which is narrated by Claire Danes. And she does such a good job. My favorite part of it was towards the end, Margaret Atwood has this like secondary story, kind of like an after story, and it's acted out in the Audible version. And then Margaret Atwood also has her own afterword, which is a much more recent one than what had been in the book. I'm telling you all of this because obviously I would like you to check out Audible. Um, their content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash LTPF or text LTPF to 500-500 and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash LTPF or text LTPF to 500-500 to get started today. Writing was never quite as therapeutic for me as I had hoped. Uh, mm-hmm. That and I had zero patients. So <laughs> uh, it's you know nice to hear that that helped you so much uh, because I know, like I said, I know how hard that period of time was for you. Uh, you, you know, kind of went underground a little bit um just you know of course you did um mm-hmm. and you know obviously knowing that brian was there with you was always um was good to know as well even though knowing that you could have gone through with him. <laughs> uh, no offense to brian he's great obviously um but um where when did you when did you um develop Kate Mac. So I wrote a short scene for a class that I was in and it was an autopsy scene, which you'll find a version of it in the book, but it was a standalone scene. It had a beginning, middle and end. And at the time, my mentor, the brilliant Kaylee Jones, uh, got back to me with comments and she said, so this is your book. (laughs) And I was like, no, this is a short story and there's no way this could be a book. But there was, you know, the protagonist in that short story was this kind of really tough, badass 
uh, you know, attorney and she struggled internally, but you know, her exterior was really tough and, uh, she, I, I just kind of viewed her as this soldier and this warrior. And so from that short story, Kate Magda was born, but it took her a long time to actually be Kate Magda in the, you know, how she is in this present book. Um, so the book, The Devil's Song, uh, I was so excited when it came out. I ordered it and then I read it in like two days, um, <laughs> literally sending you messages through Facebook being like, I just finished it in 48 hours. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, uh, my best friend, who you know from law school, Carrie, now has my copy and I assume I will never receive it back. Um, it, but I was just, it was just one of those um, books that I fell right into. And there are some really funny little um, bits in it that had me giggling out loud because uh, sometimes you find bits of your life in your writing, don't you? <laughs> you do, you do. Um, it's funny, a, a lot of friends will read the book and message me and say, oh my gosh, I heard you in certain lines. Like I could totally hear you saying that. And I don't see it that way because sure, there are similarities between Kate and myself, but it's like our taste in music and the fact that our dads, you know, we're both judges and, but it kind of ends there. And, right. <laughs> um, and so I actually, I'm, I'm kind of veering here for a second, but I was recently with an old friend from high school and one of her friends was reading the book and she looks down at her phone as we're um, having drinks together and she burst out laughing. And I said, what's so funny? And she said, my friend just messaged me that she's reading your book and she had no idea you were buried alive as a child. (laughs) I was like, like, Oh gosh, can you please tell her that this is a work (laughs) of fiction? And I promise you I was not buried alive. Um, Yeah. So I think people, (laughs) right. I can't. Oh. So I promise um, we are two very different people, Kate and, and myself. And um, but sure, yeah, there are some similarities. I think I don't want to say every writer, but I think a lot of writers take what they know and know well and expand on it. And for me, that was being in the DA's office. Um, you know, having a dad who was the president judge of, you know, in the court of common pleas, all of those things. So you take all of that, um, because, Hey, you're saving a lot of time doing research, right? I mean, you are the research and, and then you're just having fun with it and making it crazy and hopefully an entertaining story. Do you, um, ever, well, I don't know. Right. I could see you creating a almost as like an alter ego in that you know while going through a really difficult time you know having that super not that you aren't but very um outwardly strong um almost in your face type personality mm-hmm. um you know who has the crazy you know uh uncommitted sex life and 
again. Sorry, Brian. Um, and, <laughs> and, and, you know, just like those like things that you didn't get to experience necessarily. Um, but mostly like her attitude and her um, kind of like, you know, go after herself type um, of reaction to things. Uh, I don't know. I could see that being helpful during that difficult period, right? To yes, I became that. I became very invested in the relationships between the characters, the characters. But I'll be honest with you, I know this kind of sounds a little crazy, but after a while, like when you actually get into writing, the characters start writing their own storyline. I know that sounds ridiculous. I recognize how that sounds, but it's the best way I can describe it. So I don't outline. And so, um, I basically would just get to a chapter and, you know, Kate would be traveling down her path and I would think, Oh my gosh, you're never getting out of this chapter. And sure enough, she would get me out of the chapter and, you know, end up running into the next one. And so, I think they kind of wrote the story for me and, and I was just, you know, yeah, almost helping them along. But yeah. So because of that, I was super attached to these characters. I mean, I was writing 10, 12 hours a day. Cause remember I wasn't working and the MFA program is you're only on campus two weeks out of the year and everything else you're, you know, doing it remotely. And so I was home just sitting on, my couch with my dog next to me, um, (laughs) writing and writing and writing. And I think mostly because one, I had a lot of time on my hands, but two, I really loved these characters and all of, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. I, I really enjoyed being with them. I remember finishing the book and saying to my mentor, Oh, I feel like I'm going to be sick. Like, I don't, I don't know if I can have them <laughs> be like walking out of my life. And she was like, right. Cause you're just going to write another one with those characters. <laughs> like, okay. Well, I mean, and how you wrote the book, you know, you, yes. you left it in a way that leaves that open. Uh, although, you know, picking another kind of piece of your life into it a little bit. Uh, yes. It'll, it'll be very different, I think, than what people um, might expect it to be about. But certainly there will be some parallels there. I mean, how could there not be? Right, of course. But I, I mean, I think that's great. When, you, um, when you're going through the programs and you're at home and you're writing, did you have a routine that you, you typically followed um, during that, that period of time? Yes. My routine was drinking an entire pot of coffee, um, throughout the day. I know I would get up and, uh, you know, throw on my sweats and my t-shirt and head down to the couch. The only break I would take would be for Ellen DeGeneres and watch her show. Cause she made me really happy. That's a good call. <laughs> and then I would have to go right from being happy with Ellen back to kind of dark and thrillerish with, Kate and the crew. And, um, and then, you know, I would just kind of walk to the kitchen occasionally and grab more coffee and whatever it was I was eating and go back to writing. I mean, I was very committed <laughs> to the craft at that point in time because I could be right. So, yep. Aside from Ellen, that, that was it. I just sat there with the dog and I was going to say, I think you had some dog breaks probably. Yes. would take the dog out. 
uh, when she, you know, when she needed to, but, um, yeah. Did she, you know, get jealous of your laptop? <laughs> because, because I've seen the pictures. She thinks she's a lap dog. <laughs> she does. <laughs> and she's a giant, sweet mastiff. <laughs> yes. Um, I think it got to the point where as long as she could be on the couch, uh, <laughs> You know, when Brian wasn't home, because although he would see the the remnants of her being on the couch, he wasn't home to tell her to get off. And so I think as long as she could be on the couch with me and, you know, she'd have like her one paw over my leg. And sometimes I'd have to move the paw so that she wasn't actually hitting keys. But uh, (laughs) other than that, I think she was just super happy that I was home with her. I'll have to um, get one of the a photo from you to because she really is so sweet looking um and i've loved watching the pictures of her as uh as the years have gone by she's such a goober she really is i mean i dedicated the book to her right right you did you have children and you dedicated the book to your dog (laughs) which is my favorite thing thing. (laughs) so when i wrote also and not to brian I know. And then, I, you know, I, I threw one out there for him, but originally the book was just to the dog. And he was like, wait, Lauren, you can't just dedicate this book to the dog. And I said, no, I really can. Like, I'm totally doing that. And, um, he was like, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm okay with that. So I, I threw a line in there, um, for him, but, and, and I did it happily, but the, my whole thought process was, when I actually wrote the book, not the revision process, you know, not the editing, which is truly when you actually write the book, but you know, that's a whole other story. But when I wrote the first draft, um, in six months, 12 hours a day with the dog next to me, I just felt like out of everything that was insane in my life, she was constant and we were kind of in it together and every day we would sit down on that couch and I would write and she would lay there and we'd watch Ellen and then, you know, take her out. We'd make sure we ate and that was our life. And so I felt like it was necessary. Yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You, uh, you throw in a couple in the, in the book, you throw in a couple of, landmarks that those of us who went to school with you recognized uh one of the bars from uh near our school for instance which was really funny to come upon like okay blondie's made it yep blondie's made it i tried to have some fun with that stuff and give a couple shout outs where i could without making you know without uh making the book something it shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, after you got the first draft done, like what happens? You submit it to somebody and say, Hey, I wrote a book. So my story was a little, it was, it was interesting because my mentor at the time, Kaylee Jones, um, she said, Hey, I really think you have something here. And I think this is publishable. So I want to send it to my agent and um, she'll give you some notes. I mean, you know, don't get excited. She's not going to sign you. She's just going to, 
you know, take a look at your draft and, and make some notes for you and get back to you. And she was like, and Lauren, take a Xanax because I know you. And, <laughs> you know, this is not going to be overnight. This is going to be like six weeks from now that you will hear from her. And so I was like, okay, you know, no problem. And then like within a week, I get a phone call from her agent and she was like, so I, I'm signing you, you know, let's do this. And so I was like Tom Cruise back in the day, jumping on Oprah's couch. I mean, she was asking me, who do you read? And I couldn't even tell her, I could not even name an author for her, you know, that I was currently reading because I was just this blubbering fool, um, you know, could not believe that I was signing with this New York city agent and everything else. And so that started the revision process. And I was with her for a long time. I mean, I want to say it was over a year that we were, uh, you know, she would get back to me on something and say, Hey, make this change or this, whatever. And, um, I mean, everything was different. The title of the book was different. Characters were different. And it got to the point where I wasn't loving the protagonist who did not go by the name of Kate Magda, but I was excited and I felt like we had something. And so uh, the agent ends up sending it out to a bunch of um, houses and we got rejections and I feel like it's a rite of passage. So I'm happy to talk about it, but yeah, rejection after rejection and it all had to do with the protagonist. Um, And so uh, the suggestion was, Hey, you know, go write something else. And we'll come back to this eventually, but you know, it had a good run. We did what we could and and that's it. And so I was okay with that. I mean, certainly I was disappointed, but I was okay with that. And I started writing another book that had nothing to do with Kate Magda and those characters. And at the same time, my mentor was starting an imprint with Akashic books Um, They're an independent press out of Brooklyn and they're amazing. And I had followed them for a while and I was familiar with them and I kind of, you know, I I knew what they were all about and I really liked what they were all about. And so it it just ended up happening that Kaylee Jones said, come on, let's, you know, let's publish your book and let's do this. And so I joined forces with Kaylee Jones books and Akashic and the rest is history. Do you, during that time, you ended up uh, starting or joining a law firm? I know you ended up being a general partner of it, um, but a it's a general practice firm, right? Um, with someone else we went to school with. Yes, I, I wasn't doing much, um, but yes, we had that. And then shortly after that, about Four and a half, five years ago, I went back full time, left the practice, the private practice, and went back full time uh, to the legal profession. I was working with a company who they basically seek government contracts. So they're an independent contractor, but they, um, you know, draft proposals and attempt to secure contracts and then they do independent work and so that's what I was doing for about five years um, before I, I left that position for another legal position.
One of the great things about Lauren's story is how she went back to school to get her MA and MFA. If you're looking to do something similar to get a leg up in your career, check out Florida International University's online programs. FIU has 20 years of excellence in online education, which is pretty remarkable given that the internet is not that old. FIU online students can take advantage of high impact opportunities that lead to success and leadership skills. And FIU's online programs feature the same top ranked faculty as on-campus classes, which is so important. You don't want to be getting like, you know, second tier teachers just because you're doing online work. If you're interested in advancing your career through a little more education, check out their website, fiuonline.com slash podcast. That's fiuonline.com slash podcast. Now, you know, you in this time span, you've also had two children uh, <laughs> who are freaking adorable. Uh, you. You're welcome. I, the, the Easter pictures of them yeah. in their like early outfits <laughs> reminded me of a picture of my sister and I in like that same blue color, but it was the entire dress and it was super 80s. Um, so that was a lovely memory I had while seeing your children. Oh, um, you need to send that to me. Yeah, if I can find it, I will. It's so bad. Um, and, um, you know, so and and so life has continued, right? So now you're working full time. You've got the, the two kiddos. You still have the really lovely um, dog and that husband. Um, working on a second novel has to be quite a different experience this time around. Yeah, I'm definitely not devoting 10 to 12 hours a day (laughs) writing it and watching Ellen. Um, I now have to DVR Ellen and like binge watch her at night. (laughs) And then um, I just feel like maybe sleep is a little overrated. I'm really lucky. My kids are great sleepers. So they go to bed early. I write. um, But yes, certainly it is a much slower process than it was the first time around. So is that when you're doing your writing now is in the evening, uh, like before you, you know, kind of wind down for the evening? Yes. Or like this morning I woke up at three thirty eight and couldn't sleep and thought, okay, we might as well do something. So yeah, kind of like whenever I can fit it in and have a coherent thought <laughs> I'm writing. That is amazing. What do you, what are you doing, you know, aside from writing, you know, and all of that, what are you doing for you for fun? Um, I thought you were going to ask me, what am I using for a good concealer for my bags that uh, are under my eyes since I'm. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you have one of those too, I, <laughs> you know, I always love new beauty recommendations. We've not really <laughs> delved into beauty on the, the podcast, but hey, if you're a brand and want to send me stuff, I'm, I'm game. <laughs> uh no like what are you doing for you by way of like self-care and then like you know otherwise like fun? so I know this might sound corny but I really 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 enjoy my kids and they're at really fun stages and so for me um I, this new job that I took allows me to 
leave work earlier. And when I leave work, I leave work. So it was one of the reasons that I wanted to take this, this new legal position. Um, you literally cannot check your email when you leave work. It's amazing. Yes. If there is an opening, I'll let you know. (laughs) Um, that is insane. Yeah. So you leave there, you're leaving. Yeah. And, uh, that was a little odd at first. Like I didn't know what to do with myself, but you quickly find (laughs) out, you know, so I love going to the park with my kids and I love, you know, watching them on the swings and they're hysterical and laughing. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, so I do really enjoy all of that. And I, I like that. I feel like I'm not missing out as much as I was previously. And so I have that balance and that to me is self-care 101. So the balance is huge for me. And then, you know, like anyone else, I book a massage here and here, there, or, you know, uh, go for a long walk with headphones, you know, something like that to clear my mind, maybe a, a drive. I, I get a lot of good thoughts when I'm driving at night. Um, or sometimes I drive to a parking lot if it's late and it's an empty parking lot and I just kind of sit there and I play music and that is super relaxing to me. And it also allows characters to kind of like invade the car and that I really enjoy. So yeah, I mean, it's creepy (laughs) and it's cool. Um, I'm like, as I'm listening to, I'm like, and then you get murdered. Like, I, I don't understand how you write this novel and you don't know that's where this goes. I mean, I lock the car doors. So Good. that's helpful. <laughs> you're not surprised by where my brain goes. I know you. I know you're not. <laughs> no, mine pretty much goes exactly where yours is. Yeah. I mean, that's great, though. And I love, you know, I love hearing about you and the kiddos and you. You do have a, um, uh, at least from the outside, I know, you know, it, it can, we never really know, but, you know, knowing you guys, like, I think you, you figured out the part of it too, right? And, and, uh, and so there isn't, uh, I don't know, there isn't that extra demand, I guess, on you, uh, again, from what yeah. I've seen, you know, which is great. and and something I think a lot of people aspire. Yeah, I think by now, I mean, we've been doing this since we were 18 years old. And so we've been lucky enough to kind of, you know, we've been through a lot. And I feel like if we could survive all of that, uh, you know, with my family and the scandal and, and all of those things, I feel like we're pretty solid. And so when something does throw us for a loop, it's much easier now in our, you know, mid to late thirties to kind of see it for what it is and move on. So, yeah. So I feel really lucky to have that solid foundation. What is your next book for stuff? Oh, I'm well, I'll be in New York um, this Thursday at KGB Bar uh, in the Red Room. And I'll be reading along with Adam Smyre, who's awesome. He wrote uh, Knucklehead and it just came out. It was just published. It's so good. He and I'm just going to tell you this because I think I think you would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, he also is a law school grad. And so he will write 
scenes of being in law school. And I feel like I'm back there again. I feel like it's, you know, back in 2004 and we're all sitting in class listening to a professor Riggler. I don't know if you had her, but you know, in her Socratic method. And so it's a really cool book, but there are aspects of it where you feel like you're back in law school. And, um, it was a cool read. It was so, yeah. So I'm reading with him on Thursday at KGB bar, which I'm really pumped for. Um, and oh my gosh, this is so cool. I just have to geek out for a minute. So I was invited by the publisher to the Edgar Awards. And so I'm going to be attending those in New York at the end of April. And I'm freaking out because I'm hoping that all of the, I mean, listen, I binge on mysteries and thrillers. I mean, I still, even with two kids and a full-time job, will stay up and pull all-nighters reading if (laughs) the book is good enough. And so I am so excited because I'm just like fangirling over, oh my gosh, who am I going to see? And, you know, (laughs) I have to try and play it cool. But yeah, I'm so pumped for that. So for my listeners who may not be in the writing world, what is an editor? Okay, so... It's like the award for thriller and mystery writers. Um, It'd be like getting an Oscar, you know? That's awesome. I would try and compare it to something sports related, but I'm not sure I can pull that off. An SB? It'd be like an (laughs) SB? Yes, exactly. Yes. I like all awards. I would like like to win awards. Right. I was recently a finalist for an award. Yes. I didn't make it, but it's okay. It's okay. It's right? totally fine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a cool experience. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think it's great. You know, you, you have that same reaction um, as I do when I go to certain places. And I'm like, oh, my God, I get to meet, like, Denise White or, you know, these women in sports who've done, like, mm-hmm. freaking amazing things. Catherine Switzer, you know, that was, I mean. I was like um, Shannon Miller. Shannon Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were so excited. So <laughs> I was freaking out. <laughs> so, yes, you were, <laughs> which was amazing. <laughs> I texted you that I was that I had just told Shannon Miller about your book, and yes. you went like nuts. So, and it made me so happy to be able to like give you that little thrill. <laughs> um, yes, I grew up. I mean, you're talking to a girl who has no hand-eye coordination, but man, I was Shannon Miller. I mean, I would watch her routines and all of it. And my sister and I were so obsessed with her. Um, <laughs> Shannon Miller, and I think it was Kim Zameskel, if I'm saying her last name correctly, but oh my gosh, we were so obsessed. So yeah, when you told me that, I was like, no, I really couldn't even handle it. Yeah, because she's a big reader. And so we were talking about uh, books and I was like, listen, I just finished my friend's book and it's <laughs> ridiculous how good it is. Uh, and I mean, and it's one of those things, right? Like, you know, for everyone listening, they're like, oh, you're fangirling over your friend. Here's the thing, like you, you know, somebody that you went to school with, that you're friends with, and they put out this you know, this thing you would have potentially bought no matter what, right? And then you realize like, oh my God, they're really good at this. <laughs> and not that I ever doubted it because again, you're, you're a smart, you know, smart woman, you're, you know, whatever, but it's just, 
I don't know. There's always something that you're like, it gives it a little something extra special. So then you have to like be an ultimate fan because you know no other way of being. Um, and that's like how I am with any of the people that I know that are doing incredible things is I turn into a super. That's kind of what happened. Yeah, you're amazing. <laughs> uh, it just has made me happy. Um, do you, not to put pressure on you, but uh, do you guys have a, a timeline for book number two? Um, yeah, like six months ago. No, um, <laughs> the sooner the better. <laughs> so <laughs> I really am trying. Yes, I'm, I'm trying hard. I have a deadline of the end of May in my head that I want to have at least a first draft done, something that I can, you know, submit to the publisher. Um, and then we'll go from there. We'll see what happens. Which is great. That's when I'll be getting even busier and I've offered to read it. So we'll put that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I can hire someone. Um, Don't worry. We have time. You can take as long as <laughs> I'll take the Xanax. You can take as long as you need to okay. to get back to me and it'll all be good. And then I'll end up getting back to you the next day. Because I'll just fall into it. But, um, it'll like, I'll have to read it multiple times. Um, one with like a, Critical eye, one that's just like fan girl eye. Do you, um, you know, I know you mentioned the the couple of events that you're going to. Do you have plans on um, popping around anywhere else? I know I've requested Tampa. Yeah, I think um, it just depends on how much buzz the book is getting and, um, you know, different venues that are, are willing to host or. You know, obviously, the more the book is selling, the better chance I have of traveling around. I think there's some festivals in the summer that um, I've been discussing loosely, not anything recently, but with the publisher. Um, and I'm doing a lot of book clubs and it's really fun. So if the book club is I didn't, I didn't even realize this was like a thing and it's taking over. It's really cool. It's taking over my calendar. So if the book club is, you know, outside a general radius of, that I can travel, you know, easily um, in a short time period, then we've been Skyping and, you know, there's discussion guide questions and, and we've been doing it that way. And then I'm also traveling locally to a bunch of different book clubs, library book clubs, um, you know, independent clubs, things through bookstores. And so that's been really huge and really fun because I can't really talk about the book too much generally because I can't ruin the ending. I mean, I can't tell you who right. the killer is. I right. can't tell you. Right. So at the book club, everyone has read the book or at least supposed to read the book. Yes. <laughs> so it's so fun because I can actually talk about the characters and not give anything away. One of my favorite things that happened in the last couple of days was when you and I were messaging about this and you like mentioned a question that you get asked. And I was like, <laughs> no, like, no, I'm not asking you anything like that. And it was like, it was a very, you know, nuanced, uh, you know, reading of the book and getting deep into the character. And I'm like, I read the book great like I I don't do the dissection of it and I never I've never been good at that and I'm like no 
Uh, and then your your question, um, do you want me to do a reading? <laughs> I had no, because typically right. I have to do, yes. And so when you were like, oh, no, 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 no. I was so happy because, <laughs> you know, that's some added pressure there. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I have requested uh, for those listening and the timing of this episode is great, Lauren, because uh, Audible is uh, a sponsor of, to, of this particular episode and uh, for the first time. And so my request is that Audible uh, accept your pitch and, and get yours rolling. Yes, uh, right. Yeah. I mean, we're, you're going to have the series, so you might as well get it, you know. You got I'm with you on that. People in cars, you know, on their way to work. Gotta, yes. Gotta, a, a lot of people have asked me if there will be an audio version. But again, you know, I, I believe we've pitched it. Um, and I just, we haven't heard anything back yet. Or if we have, the uh, publisher hasn't told me. So, you know, but uh, <laughs> it's. I mean, I'm not trying to uh, brag about the book, but I mean, check it out yourself. Like Amazon has crazy, awesome reviews and yeah. it really is doing well. So fingers crossed something uh, works out. Yeah. I mean, it was just released in the last couple of months mm-hmm. um, and it, it blew up pretty quickly. You sold out uh, almost immediately, right? A, f- a few times. That was yeah. insane. That, that was, was funny. Insane. That was within the first week you sold out a couple yes. of times. Yes. Uh, and we is, actually went to a second printing within 30 days of publication. Which is amazing, Lauren. I mean, it's incredible. And you should get some sort of award for that. Uh, <laughs> I'll make one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so I want to end um, this with one question about the future. And that is, are there going to be more dogs in our life? Dogs? Uh, I made a pact with Brian that we would wait until the kids were at least in high school to do another dog after Myra Ellen. He is such a buzzkill. (laughs) He's the worst. Oh, Brian, being practical again. I know. I know. <laughs> well, thank you so much yes. for coming on. Um, I know this uh, will be a little bit of a break from uh, some of the other episodes that we've had, but I think it's, you know, one of the things that I love about your story is um, your, your diverging path, right? And um, you had one path and kind of jumped onto another and now you've combined them both, which I mean, when your side hustle is being an author, I don't really, I don't get it. Uh, it's incredible. But, you know, it's it's good for my listeners here, the different, you know, the things can work out in different ways than what we all anticipated, regardless of, you know, really crazy circumstances. Yeah, I would agree. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Tell people where they can follow you um, and um, the publisher, you know, all that stuff. Um, okay. So my website, uh, Lauren Stahl author.com. 
you can book events there. You can do the whole book club thing through the website. And then I'm also on social media, Stallarella on Twitter and Instagram, S T A H L A R E L L A. I love it. And um, yeah, I know. I was like, should I change that? But I, I'm really not going to. Yeah, <laughs> so. no. And it's great. It's great. I'm going to say thank you again. Thank you again, Lauren, for being on. And um, I can't wait to read what you've got next. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again to my friend Lauren for taking the time to be on the pod with me this week. I always love talking with her and, you know, we come from very different backgrounds, different types of families, and she and I have experienced um, some similarities and it's always interesting to learn those things about your your friends. Um, I would love it if you all would check out her book again, The Devil's Song. I will have a link to it, which works. I'm so sorry. I just learned that a lot of those links weren't working on the website, ltpfpod.com. And rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, RadioInfluence.com, and Stitcher. I almost forgot Stitcher. (laughs) Check us out on all the social media. Excuse me. Uh, We're at LTPFpod, and I am at Bobby Sue. I hope to hear from some of you this coming week and we've got some great interviews lined up over the next few weeks so I can't wait for you to come back and hear them talk soon this is a Jim Fannin show quick fix on radio influence how many people right today are working from dawn to dusk and beyond into going to sleep at night, your brain is like seven hamsters running on seven treadmills simultaneously. And those treadmills represent a different part of your life. Subconscious mind never shuts down. It's open like Denny's 24-7, always cooking. But you got to turn off your conscious mind. You do. And replenish it. And I think that's one of the secrets of having mental endurance so that you can have a great quarter. The Jim Fannin Show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.